0: Welcome to Weebken Warriors, a short anime recap and discussion podcast. My name is Raven. My pronouns are they and them. And I'm Fantas. I use fey, fair, and they, them. This week, we are starting off our episode-by-episode coverage of Brand New Animal. So we kick it off here with episode one, titled Runaway Raccoon, which is technically wrong, but we'll get there. We start off with, uh, actually kind of odd... This show starts off the first episode with the intro, which like most anime don't do that. Yeah. But it does just give you the intro. And I kind of wonder if it's because like this is a Netflix show. So they always want to like, oh, skip the intro, skip the intro. So they show it to you that first episode so that they don't ever have to show it to you again. But if you only watch this the first time, what the fuck? Because this intro fucking shreds and it's amazing and good it is we start off with the episode in a bus station we see a hooded figure trying to buy some some bus passes we don't see where to quite yet but then uh we hear some like voices down the way and our our lovely little friend in a cloak here which is just peak character design by the way Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lots of good, fun cloaks in this show. Yeah. Especially in the first episode here. But uh, she climbs into a vent. Because she's sus. Uh, Michiru, sus. Vote up, Michiru. God. (laughs) I saw Michiru vent. Get her out of here. (laughs) But no, we see a... What we will soon come to know is a pro-Beastman poster that gets vandalized with, I believe the word die beast men die on it yeah very creative yeah um i mean what do you expect there are a bunch of dudes walking around with spray paint and an iron like a, me- a metal pipe um yeah you know, typical I- delinquents yeah i don't i don't think they're coming up with anything anything too creative in the insults department they are there to hit people and that's it
1: yeah honestly bigots are never creative and that's like no that's like half the insult really is like they're they
0: they're just you have the audacity to try and insult me when you don't know what a good insult is honestly but yeah we see we see our lovely hooded figure run out uh get on top of a bus as it's leaving and pull off her hood and it's this little uh the episode is titled Runaway Raccoon, but as we'll soon come to know, she is actually a Tanuki. So we see our friendly little Tanuki girl. We don't get her name yet. She's riding on top of this bus. She has her her phone. And so she's browsing like in world Instagram, which appears to be significantly better than real Instagram, because it actually shows you what you want to see instead of a million <laughs> ads for uh i don't know light bulbs that change color and will burn out the second you put them in or something i don't know
1: yeah and we can see that her phone that she must have gotten good with those claws pretty quick because her phone is not completely scratched up that said in like five seconds that doesn't
0: matter because it gets shot through with a bolt yeah um a crossbow bolt does fucking obliterate her phone but also uh i think a lot about in in furry art how like all of the furries just use like regular phone screens and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, realistically they'd use screens that are more like a DS screen or like a Wii U gamepad screen where it's designed to have something harder tap against it. But it is funny to just think about like this entire like species of, of like anthropomorphic creature learning to use just their paw pads on a touch screen
1: Yeah So honestly actually speaking of paw pads You don't really see them defined in this series And I think that's a little sad At least not everywhere It's one of
0: the biggest problems with this series Is that there is no paw pads Or a lack of them Yeah um, Which if, if that's one of the biggest issues with your series I think you're doing pretty good However you should always add more paw pads Into your anthropomorphic Creatures. Hi, I'm rabbits. a furry. Except for rabbits, yes. Yeah. Rabbits don't have any which I think is funny because I think we end up seeing a rabbit character at some point with uh some form of pop heads. But uh we we come to learn that she is heading to Anima City to seek refuge as a beastman. And it's basically just this sanctuary city for a a group of people titled well beastmen, and they are basically these anthropomorphic creatures that turn into humans when they want to, but also aren't human. Um, yeah. they are very much uh furries.
1: Yeah, like I think we'll get deeper into this like probably next episode, uh, like episode three, our next episode. Yeah, though.
0: episode episode three. Well podcast episode three probably because the next the next podcast episode contains one of the best episodes of the show Um, oh yeah and that is just the baseball episode which we alluded to in the intro no actually i think the baseball episode is episode five it's i'm pretty sure it's three let me check real quick so that i'm not talking out of my ass Oh, you were no. You're right. Uh, it is episode five for the baseball. I could have sworn it was three. Um, regardless,
1: we yeah. will talk about baseball, and we will talk about genetics.
0: Yeah, we'll talk. We'll also talk about how uh, it preceded baseball, yet somehow managed to kind of do the same thing, but with furries. So that's neat. I also don't know a lot about baseball, but I know enough to be like, yeah, these are similar. You know what? They're both blood and baseball. Yeah. Anyways. um, <laughs> So she is continued to... She continues to be attacked by the uh, anti-beastmen, like, I don't know, bigots we said earlier. Mm-hmm. um racist, I don't know, whatever. And so... Um, There is actually an interesting difference here I am of course watching the dub But uh One of them does say Fuck off and die in the subtitles And that is not translated In the dub Uh, He just says why don't you go and die already Or like something like that And uh This show cuts out a lot of the like Vulgarity from the dub And I think that kind of weakens it Especially in situations like this where it's yeah. just like, you're kind of losing something when you don't convey how like viscerally angry and mad and full of hatred these people are. So I don't know. I just think it's a uh, interesting difference that didn't need to happen. Yeah, It's one of those
1: things where like translation is both like a science and an art. Mm-hmm. And this definitely leads into like the art side of it.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. So that happens, but then we meet this very. We we start to meet some more beastmen, and it's interesting here because we see them all as like quote unquote humans first, and then they uh transform into their like beastmen forms. And at first, they're not really horribly stylized. They look fairly realistic, but then like the next couple of shots they're all just like heavily stylized of course and we get to meet one of our more important characters named Marie the mink um we also see a very buff boar lady and a cool hyena wearing a uh leather jacket that start beating the shit out of the uh anti beastman guys you know after they're all taken care of meet you and Marie kind of go back and forth. And Marie's like, why don't you just pay me? I saved your life. Um, there's a bit more to it, but that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, it's like
1: you can tell they have since this is like the main thoroughfare, but like towards anima city. Both assholes who want to beat up Beesman, and then the Beesman who like kind of shepherd them away there have like a very active presence there you can tell
0: mm-hmm absolutely so Michiru pays her uh, pay the pay the fine or whatever I don't fare. know but, no there's there's like a Skyrim not a Skyrim a uh, Elder Scrolls joke I was trying to make but I am not a, uh, am not knowledgeable enough in Elder Scrolls to make it so I'm cutting this well, out well neither am I you're not the one editing it You're leaving that in. You're going to torture me, aren't you? (laughs) No guarantees. Heart emoji. All right. Well, um, Michiru then is wandering the barren streets of Anima City after she touches down. Marie does ask her to, uh, pretend like they never met, which is very short lived. But, uh... Michiru starts wandering the barren streets and notices this like glowing silver wolf uh, on top of a building which starts howling which I'm not going to do on mic that howl was really fucking good thank you but yeah
1: she wanders into this pavilion that's eerily quiet and deserted hmm and it's like you know, like knowing what what happened, so like you can kind of see like in the shadows behind her like all the stalls and things that are set up for like the big party they're gonna have, but like from her perspective, it's definitely creepy, but as like she was walking there, you could kind of see like a bunch of like the different cities like uh street signs and all the different languages they were in, and that's it was like a really cool detail that I wish it kind of played into more is just how many uh places these people come from,
0: mhm-. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, right after, right after, uh, she wanders in there and starts hearing the howling from all the other Beastmen, they start wandering out, and then a celebration just breaks out, as, uh, they are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Anima City, as announced by the mayor of Anima City on this, like, big, uh, Jumbotron screen. And so we see Michiru like wandering around this party, and she bumps into this big wolf man whom I love with my entire heart and will talk about loving every time we talk about uh him. Uh I know how to talk, I know words, but she bumps into him and he starts crying and talking about how beast men have waited thousands of, a thousand years for this. And she's like what a weirdo And then she turns around and he's gone Yeah he does that a lot Yeah he's a very
1: good disappearing act Yeah And also little thing uh, When I was like re-watching this scene mm-hmm. I noticed a lot of the background characters Like some of them are actually characters That come up uh, in the series later
0: Really? Yeah I saw Jackie in there Wow okay I, uh, I definitely didn't notice that yeah Uh, and also like like that little
1: like also like minor character like you could tell they like they had um probably uh some she's really like like the little goat man she saves later in this episode he was actually in like that first back like a background shot i believe when she was taking off her cloak and yeah i was able to pick out like a lot of different like characters that like even if they're like little bit parts like they still reappear and i really like that detail
0: right yeah How there were a bunch of background characters uh, a little behind the scenes. We had some technical issues, so we had to stop the recording for like a solid, I don't know, 15, uh, 20 minutes. So, yeah, TLDR, fuck Comcast. True, true. But, yeah, so. We, uh we're we're still in that celebration. We see I guess we see some more people in the background, which is a nice touch and one that I you'd think I would have noticed having watched this anime now four times. This is my fourth time seeing this episode. Um fifth actually. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I got fresh eyes. Yeah. Um after we see Michiru get all like what the fuck's up with that guy? Uh we see the Prime Minister talking to the mayor of Anima City. And he says that the I think he calls it the Beastman Special Zone. The Beastman Special Zone. Uh he says that it is still unoffici unofficial and like not technically on the books or whatever. So You know basically just being a little bitch. Bitch ass. Yeah, profession. he's just He's yeah, he's just being a politician. And so the mayor hangs up the I was going to say Skype call, but we are (laughs) now in 2021. So he hangs up the discord call. I guess I could have said Zoom as well. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever they hang up. Yeah, he he hangs up and she's immediately just like, oh, my God, why is he fucking like this? And her, I don't know what you'd call him, like her secretary, whom I don't remember the name of, but we also don't get the name of yet. I feel like I have this written down because I like, he's, he's cool. He's a cool pangolin dude. And I like yeah, him. he is. He's is a very cool pangolin. Um, I don't remember what is the mayor again, because you knew. She's I a naked mole rat. A naked mole rat. That's what she is.
1: Just like Rufus.
0: Yeah, uh, but her name is mayor barbale rose and so
1: oh the pangolin man his name is ishizaki ishizaki cool my internet is not up but i when i heard his name i had to write it down because he's cool
0: (laughs) he is yeah but yeah he's like this is 10 years to barbale rose and she's like and 10 more years to anima city so we uh we we cut back to see uh, Michiru get some get get her wallet stolen from her by a monkey as Marie is harassing her for still having money because Marie is written like that I guess uh, we'll get there but we'll get there we uh, love I still Marie, love but her with all notes. my heart yeah um and I have in my notes that we see a thief monkey who looks like a mechanic at my apartment complex (laughs) um i'm not going to elaborate good but there is he there is a guy at my apartment complex who wears like the gray hoodie and has the exact same facial hair so i was just like immediately reminded of that guy amazing but yeah so we then see uh, Michu, like running around trying to find the thief, and she sees this like, wolf man in a uh, hard hat working underneath the jumbotron.
1: A jumbotron, which I noticed was playing clip a clip from Inferno Cop, it looked like. So that's a yeah, fun little trigger-in uh, joke for them.
0: Yeah, um, I wouldn't have noticed that because I haven't seen Inferno Cop yet. Uh, spoiler alert, it's on our list of things to potentially cover in the future maybe even with a guest from another member of the orange groves who knows um but uh yeah so we we see this wolf in like uh a hat working on a pillar michiru notices him and he just bolts off and she gets pissed off and like punches one of the the supporting beams for the jumbotron and the other one immediately explodes, sending the whole thing crashing down. And so Michiru starts, like, running as the thing's just fucking falling on her. Yeah, and she, like, pushes this old goat man out of the way, too.
1: And But they're doing that thing that they always do in, like, shows where they, like, run, like, in a straight line instead of veering off to the side where they could probably escape.
0: Yeah. Um, it's... It's at least entertaining. Yeah. Um, the animation because... of this part
1: is very, very entertaining because I get, like, squashed down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And they're, like, uh, there is just, like, a part where Michiru is, like, almost bent all the way over trying to, like, push this goat man. And then uh, Shiro, the uh, big you, wolf Raven? man. Hi. You're going to hate this. Why? Actually, we'll-
1: you're going through you... this hilarious and kind of hate, but she's. <laughs> oh no! She's
0: running like, like Devil Man. I haven't seen Devil Man. Yeah, you saw like, at least you saw like oh, at least like that. Oh, first. Oh no! Time. You're right. Oh, I do hate that. I uh, I have watched like three episodes four episodes of devilman fuck you're right that is exactly what it looks like um awful hate that disgusting but also that's very funny <laughs> um that, that is what people say to me no oh no no um but yeah so We see Shiro like last minute dash in and and uh, scoop up the goat man and push Michiru out of the way. And he is still crying and he immediately accuses Michiru of having uh, blown up the Jumbotron supports and They have like this little mini argument in which he's like, why did you fucking do this? And she's like, I didn't. All I did was punch the other support. And he's like, well, that wouldn't cause it to explode. And she's like, that's why I told you I didn't fucking do it, idiot. (laughs) And then he like drops her and uh, we see we see something really cool that honestly is underutilized in the show, in my opinion, Um, because they don't use it much in, like, the second half of the show, but uh Shiro has this, like, super scent ability where he can, like, sniff really good and track the paths of certain beast men or certain objects that have a scent or whatever. So there's, like... Th- these sequences are also, like, beautifully animated. But yeah, there's they, a sequence where... They really hit. Yeah! There's a sequence where it's, like uh the the guy's just outlined in yellow and then we see like this trail just like whipping and winding through these buildings that are all in uh it's like all black outlined with like gray and uh it finally like leads him off and he's like I'm sorry no you didn't do it and then he just runs off and uh you know he he runs off there's a second ex- he like is we see him like running with his eyes closed following the like scent trail and then it turns pink and there's a huge explosion. God, I shit. Shiro is an honorary pyrope. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure there's another list. There's there's a listener out there and that means something to them. And they're either like cheering in their car or they're like screaming. In our, they're like, why would you make a Homestuck reference? Why would you reference? You're probably doing both. Homestuck. Yeah that's true um, I know anytime someone references Homestuck I'm just filled with like Complete horror cause I'm like how is this Homestuck cause it's like one of the Weirdest things that could possibly be mentioned And it's like oh yeah that's just Like Homestuck and I'm like how How is this Homestuck Homestuck is kind of like chicken You're scaring me
1: Homestuck is like chicken like everything Chicken tastes like everything everything tastes like chicken I,
0: Homestuck is like again, everything
1: everything is like Homestuck Horrifying.
0: Um <laughs> but continuing on, Shiro is like buried under rubble, and the wolfman that just set off the explosion is like, it's a scentless bomb. Even the beast man with like the best nose can't tell. And then Shiro just like reaches out from the rubble and throws this dude up into like like a hanging electronic sign. And the dude just like I don't know how to explain it other than it's like, what if you took a super durable a water balloon and Threw it at something and it didn't immediately Pop like It's just complete Jiggle physics on these people when They're getting the shit kicked out of them Yeah it's <laughs> Honestly it's it's
1: like The best part of like this whole Fight sequence is just how bouncy Everyone is Every, Yeah they're so and I mean to be Fair if you throw Pretty much anything hard enough it will Bounce a little bit
0: yeah really that's true history, like completely broken but you know we have fun here we do have fun here uh it's really i it's one of my favorite parts about uh uh studio trigger like movies uh anime i guess is their specialty they've only made what one movie with promere but uh it's one of my favorite parts about their like style is every time something gets punched it's super elastic like there's you can feel the impact it's like uh it it, sometimes it looks like you're punching a non-newtonian fluid where you just like punch it and then it just like sits there and then we'll have like that sort of dull shockwave but then it just gets like catapulted back into something it's so cool i love it yeah but uh yeah shido continues to try and uh continues to not try he does he just kicks the shit out of uh this wolf and he dashes over to this jeep and like starts hammering on the door and then the door again like going back to the elasticity thing just like bends and then it explodes open and a deer and a lion step out with like a shotgun and an assault rifle and And i love one of them as a deer yeah Um, I do like this trend of deer being the fucked up and evil creatures in furry media. Uh, I just think it's very funny because deer are terrifying. And uh, honestly, I I think I learned last year that apparently deer will eat meat, which is. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I hate knowing that fact.
1: Yeah, they're more opportunists than people really uh, think of them as.
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Uh, mm-hmm. so and also,
1: oh, other things about deer. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Uh,
1: well, for one thing, at least like the United States, a lot of areas have like deer overpopulation issues. Yep, and that really affects forest health like greatly because deer eat like twelve pounds of food in a day, and they can reach mm-hmm. up. What is it like six or seven feet? About. So like, mm-hmm. if you see like a forest that's just like, oh yeah, everything, like below that line is just like gone if it's not Mm -hmm. being like actively managed by people it was probably deer doing all that
0: yeah yeah deer are uh they're cool animals they're cool Um, and a little fucked up
1: especially the whole antlers being like harnessed bone cancer thing
0: antlers are horrifying uh but you know what's more horrifying is the fact that they have blood going through them because they're giant bones you know what else is horrifying about that shiro is fighting that fucking deer uh well first off hold on i was gonna have a like semi-decent segue here but i do need to backtrack a second and say that shiro has this like edgy fucking line where uh after he determines using his sense of smell that they were working with humans He says, he's like, you guys aren't worthy of being torn apart by my claws, so I'll destroy you with my fists or something along those lines. And uh, he immediately the like lion gets super fucking jacked. Its shirt just like pops off of it into shreds. Um, and it gets yeah. these really long Claws which is never really Explained like we could try and assume It's a thing that happens later in the series But we kind of mm. know That's not the case
1: Yeah it's I have I do have Like a Sub theory about that Mm-hmm. But yeah it's something we can't really bring up Until later in
0: Yeah much later like last Four or five episodes Sort of deal
1: Yeah, but on anyway, he (laughs) this lion goes off like like he's from like freaking One Punch Man or something.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he starts charging at Shiro. Shiro just like puts both of his fists up and then like flips the lion over behind him, like because he's a badass. And then the deer starts charging at Shido, and he like he like grabs and like twit. He like throws the deer towards the ground, and then he's like, "If you've given up your pride in being a beastman." Then you he's like, if you yeah, he's like, if you give up your pride in being a beastman, you have no reason for your pride as a deer. And then he just snaps off the antlers of the deer, Um, which sounds excruciatingly painful.
1: Yeah. And in like a future
0: episode, we'll see that he that's kind of a trend with him, really. Yeah. uh, Shiro likes to uh, cause pain and break things on people. So the lion comes over and like picks up Shiro by the head and Shiro still has both of the antlers in his hands. So he like flips them around real quick and swings them up and cracks them over the lion's head and uh, knocks it out. And then the then uh, Michiru walks up, starts like is just like standing there horrified the wolf man runs up behind Michiru and like holds a switchblade to her throat. And he's like, if you take, if you take another step, I'll kill her. And then, uh, Shiro does the, the cool classic and favorite anime thing where he just teleports behind the bad guy and starts kicking the shit out of him. So he teleports behind the man and starts punching him into the ground. And again, going back to that elasticity, He just like pops back up and then he gets punched down again. And then he pops back up and then he gets punched down again. And it's very funny. And then uh, Michiru starts begging him to like stop kicking the ever loving shit out of these people and like don't fucking kill them. I beg. And he's like, listen, I need to. They're they're working with humans and all humans suck. Uh, Humans are bad and should die. And Michiru's like, i used to be a human and they're not all bad and then like her her giant tanuki tail just like glows blue and expands to protect uh our our terrorist criminals so that shido doesn't kill them and shido's like what the fuck is up with that and then after that she she reasserts that she is hum after that her like tail goes back to to normal size and she reasserts that she is indeed human and we see kind of a a quick like i don't know two three second montage of her as a human and uh shiro just asks why she looks like a tanuki if she's human and then the episode ends and uh we get the best ending theme of any show ever night running
1: God, and the, the animation is ending is just so cool i love the style of it it is it's
0: super pretty truly unmatched uh truly i think that is a bisexual palette it does this this show really likes to use bisexual, the bisexual color palette i love it for that but yeah so that's that's episode one we kick off episode two, titled "Rabbit Town," immediately where episode one left off. And Shido again, it just continues with the asking, Like, why are you saying you're a human when you're a tanuki? And she's like, "I'm a raccoon." He's like, "No, you're a tanuki. Tanukis have like the same patterns that you have, not raccoons."
1: It's like. With her like kind of denying she's a Tanuki is like her also just denying that like anything has happened to her. Because really, that's like a big thing in this first part of the show. It's a lot of focus on how sort of naive she is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and she's kind of just in denial about her herself and her identity, which is why I'm telling everyone right now, this show is a queer allegory. Yeah, it does really fit this part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because again, like we talked about it in the intro episode, how like funny animals are used as allegories a lot. And it's typically like race allegories. But this one just feels inherently queer just because of that, like self-denial aspect of it, where it's like, I'm I'm not like I'm not gay or I'm not trans and I, I swear by it, I swear by it. And then eventually you're like, actually, I am that thing. Which is kind of like, I don't know. That's my personal experience with, uh, being queer was a lot of that self-denial thing. But, uh, yeah, uh, Shido's like, all right, we need to get out of here before the cops come. So he ties up the, the group of, of, uh, mercenaries. Yeah. Terrorists, mercenaries, whatever you'd like to call them. And they walk out into the daylight. they, were there the entire night. Shido turns back into a human, and my god, is he cute! But we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> we're going to talk about how michiru uh, can't turn back into a human, and Shido is like, "What? What do you mean you can't turn back into a human?" And she's like, "Well, I just can't." And also, why do I have to? And then he explains that like people in Night City don't stay in their animal forms. They They're supposed to stay in their human forms at all time or, you know, like during the day. There's a very uh, good animation, which will probably be uploaded to the the Twitter at some point, if not when this episode goes out of Michiru like deflating when he says that. Um, And she's like, I thought people stayed in their animal forms all the time. And he's like, that's such a human thing to say. Uh, Michiru is also surprised by how young he is, I guess, because she thought he would be a lot older, which is very funny. It kind of would be nice to have like
1: a main, like an old, uh, well, an older guy. That that would that would be interesting.
0: That's true, but also we got our old guy in the last show. So true. We you got your you got your old man in the last show. I get my. Pleasant lovely wolf man. Um (laughs) so yeah, she he takes her over to like this beastman sanctuary place to uh give her a place to stay. And they quickly do a test on her to see if she's a beastman, and it's like this strip that goes on the nose, and you like rip it off and it turns blue in a segment, and that tells you if you're a beastman. Which is scary, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, oh, so you
1: mean like outside of the city, though, it's like if someone's trying to live their life cloaked out there, someone could, you just would need like a skin or hair sample and you mm-hmm. could just run a rapid test.
0: Exactly, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can imagine all the ways that'd be used terribly.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um. At the same time, it is also kind of funny that it is just like, a thing that goes on your nose and gets ripped off. Um, yeah. But it's not more funny than it is scary. So the the guy who's doing the test, uh, his name is Jem. He makes the joke that uh, even without the test, it's pretty clear to see that she's a beastman. That's because, you know, she looks like a fucking Tanuki girl. And so. I don't remember what the. Uh, what gems wife's name is Melissa Melissa That's right but Melissa walks up she's And is like nice. hey I like he- her here's She is very nice she's Such a sweetheart Um, yeah. but she Walks up and she's like hey there's uh, Here's all the stuff to register As an official beastman in Anima City and Michiru's like listen I don't want to register I am not A beastman I never was a be- I wasn't a beastman until a Year ago and then Shiro's like that's Not possible um, you're like you're delusional. There's no way. And Michiru's like, uh no, I can prove it. It's on my uh student ID. It has my blood type showing that I'm like a human, because humans and beastmen have different blood types. And then she realizes that her wallet got stolen. And Jem uh oh, before this, Jem suggests that she has this like this, like, I don't want mental illness is not the right term. He calls her a human Kenny. I.
1: I. What? <laughs> I was waiting to spring that on you. Oh.
0: So, dear listener, uh, Fantast and I watched this episode Together we watched these episodes Together in a discord call I don't know how the fuck Faye kept that to, them, to themselves Like god damn it fantastic! That's so good and you really Did a good <laughs> job of saving that one Um Yeah uh I fucking guess Yeah sure Um but continuing also, Jim on kind of looks
1: like Colonel Sanders Which is funny cause he's a rooster
0: Yeah Uh, yeah, he does a little bit, but like not like the facial hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But then uh, we continue on. She's kind of chilling there on the on the couch as everything's getting sorted out, and she gets shown up to her room. She she plops down on a bed, and she's like, "Ah, I I'm cool sleeping here. I'm used to sleeping on the streets, which is very sad." And then the door gets opened, and they're both like, if you have any questions, ask Mr. Shiro here. And that's like the first time we hear his name and his full name is Shiro Ogami, which is funny because I believe Okami is the word for wolf. Mm hmm. He's it's just he's he's. White there wolf. is no subtlety with that man. <laughs> but then before the door closes, uh, Kudo ra- flies in And who is Kudo but a little A little friendly orb of a bird And he lands on Michiru's head and just goes Kudo And that's it that's that's the only thing Kudo ever says is just Kudo He's <laughs> a buddy He is
1: I love him And yeah this is also the same scene we learned Shiro is a social Worker <laughs> Which is it's an interesting he's a bad one to
0: have yeah <laughs> uh, well i mean i can only assume he's a bad social worker i don't know much about uh social yeah, it, it's not social work like from
1: what we see of him from what we see of him in this series like okay maybe it's not like his normal day today but mm-hmm. it's it's a weird title for him
0: yeah he it feels like a better thing for him would be a pi rather than uh a social worker Like he really is a better private investigator. Yeah, it's or like just
1: a general. Well, it's kind of like he's like affiliated with like the city government, but he's like officially on the payroll. So I guess they like really just had like give him some type of title somewhere, but not Mm -hmm. directly on like government payroll. So, yeah, it's like he's definitely in a weird space for reasons we'll talk about later.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially uh especially with as as I learned, uh the book, which I haven't read yet, but there is a book that accompanies uh this show, which is kind of a prequel. And it gets into a couple of characters we won't talk about yet. Maybe that can be a, a bonus thing we talk about in the future or something. Mayhap. Yeah, so the next morning, her and Chiro head to registration and uh he's like, you better get in line or you're never gonna get your registration, and then just kinda like tries to f- like starts to just like fucking walk off. And then a fight like breaks out between two people who cut in line at the registration center, which uh I think you you while we were watching were like, What if two people just started fighting at the DMV? Which really is the energy that this has. Yeah, and it's
1: like, but it's also like look if if that's what lets you cut to the front of the line in DMV, though, look, that's I true. Gram will be getting this.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll start punching people at the DMV to register yeah, Graham, my car Graham faster. gonna be catching sure. his hands. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna start suplexing people at the DMV. <laughs> Gotta get my tags. So Shiro explains that the strong rule in Anima City. Then he fucks off. And Michiru is just kind of looking around and notices the guy that stole her wallet yesterday and starts following him and then corners him in an alley and starts asking about her wallet. And he's like, I don't know. Yesterday was yesterday. It doesn't matter. And then Marie shows up and bails out the monkey guy again. Um, She is kind of like, why are you so concerned about it? There's no you're not getting it back. And Michu's like, listen, I need this, and Marie's like, all right, everything that's stolen eventually shows up in Rabbit Town, and you should go see Grand Grandma, which uh, immediately makes me think of the uh, the Vine Sauce Joel bit Granddad. If you're familiar with that, I am not. Uh, Okay, hold on, this is important. Hold on, I need you to see Granddad. Uh, I sent you this video and I would like you to quickly review it because every time I hear Grand Grandma, uh, I just hear Joel yelling Granddad! <laughs> Which, Jesus Christ, this is six grand years Dad. old. Um, But yeah, every time I see Grand Grandma, that's what I, I think of. So, Michiru makes her way over to Rabbit Town and uh, she walks up and starts asking if it's Rabbit Town.
1: Yeah, and Rabbit Town, which has, like, a very... Abandoned horse. Theme. Yeah, it's a very abandoned theme park, though, honestly, yeah. with the name and the people who live there, I have a feeling it might have actually been a red light district.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, it has, like... But the sign, like, it has, like, a bunch of, like, letters dropping off it and everything. And it looks, like, really mm-hmm. run down, and it's, like... <laughs> it's, like, either a very horror game or maybe like kind of yeah i'd say like horror game feeling to it which is yeah
0: yeah exactly and so they the she's asking around and a bunch of these really buff women come out and start ladies hot ladies hot it's true the word come the rumor come out ladies hot (laughs) and so uh they're like, Oh, you're bold coming in here morphed. That's a sign of aggression around these parts. You're you show up morphed, you're looking for a fight. And He's like, Oh, uh, I don't know how to change back. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just uh trying to get my wallet back. And I was told to see the grand grandma, so then uh she's escorted to the grand grandma, who is this big witch lady that or big witch, big, big rabbit lady. Who reminds me of uh, Madame Brutal from Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Though I would say she also does have like kind of Ursula vibes. Yeah. Yeah, she does an attitude. She definitely has Ursula vibes. Also kind of in the way she dresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, which good for her. Yeah. But yeah, so she explains that like Rabbit Town is where all those betrayed by men go. And they have a little bit of back and forth about, like, I'm here to get my wallet and Marie sent me. And she's like, ah, yes, Marie. And then she, like, pulls out the wallet and is like, all right, if you really think you're human or anything and you're claiming to be a student, then you tutor some kids for us and you can have your wallet back. And Michu is like, Okay, I'll do it. And then we cut over to, like, this uh, makeshift classroom. Sort of deal. Michiru is trying to teach these kids how to write in hiragana. She writes her own name up there in hiragana. And she picks a young kid, Yota, to write his name. Uh Oh, first she writes her name and asks what it says. And he does say uh, poop. Yeah, one of the kids, yeah, it says poop. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it says poop. And she's like... Uh, no It says mi chi Um, and in the dub They do a very good job of like Properly Pronouncing Everything in this part Uh, but just kind of in general Uh, but especially here
1: Despite what happens
0: later, I really do love Uh, seeing mi with all the kids She's, she's really good with kids Yeah, she is, uh, it's kind of a shame We don't get to see more of her Like being a teacher, but you know we'll get there it shit happens so she is like she wrote out like the whole hiragana alphabet and starts explaining it and she looks up out the window to see uh no sorry she does not uh look up to see anything yet we cut away to shiro doing some sick fucking building parkour some like mirror's edge shit no one's around to see it so i don't know why he's trying so hard (laughs) um my my theory is that he likes to convince himself he's cool by doing this so he just like bounces off of buildings to like to like hype himself up like yeah yeah i'm cool but then uh he does his fun sense of smell thing to investigate rabbit town and we see this like dude in a really cool blue suit walk into rabbit town and uh, I just wrote down we see we it, enter misogynist because uh, he does just talk about vehemently hating women,
1: yeah, and he he does just look like that too,
0: yeah, he does. Uh, we we cut back over to the classroom and some kids Michiru's like trying to figure out if they're like, she's like, all right, let's work on this, and none of them are paying attention. She's like, oh, what are you, the one of the kids is like, drawing something. She's like, oh, what are you drawing? And it's like, the kid's are like, oh, I'm drawing I'm drawing the silver wolf. And is like, what the fuck is the silver wolf? Um, And the kid's are like, you don't know what the silver wolf is? It's like a protector of the beastmen, and everyone's known that forever. At that moment, she glances out the window to see Shiro. She, like, blinks, and he's gone. Of course. We cut back down to uh grand grandma dealing with the uh, misogynist mobster guy and he's harassing her she's he's harassing all the women for money that they apparently do not have and he's saying stuff like uh it's it's only because uh, like the mob just allows you to run here we could we don't have to let you and then him and the like Uh, I think she was a cougar that we saw earlier. Lioness, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, lioness. Start, like, getting aggressive with each other. They both morph. This guy's a hyena, we learn. And uh, we see this big fuck-off dude that looks like Wilson Fisk in Spider-Verse walk in, and his name is Flip Kingpin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What did I say? Did I say Kingpin? Oh, I said said Wilson Wilson Fisk. that's that's his real name. So I was still right. Um, But yeah. Does up every Penn mobster have to have a a four-letter name? Like, you got Fisk, you got Flip. Is it yes. supposed to be, like, a play on Wilson Fisk, but also Flip because he's uh, a dolphin? It's definitely Flip because he's a dolphin. He's like his... That or I think his dad was The dolphin so uh, I Think it was his grandfather Because I think that was like a great Grandfather picture right well we'll get There Uh, but there's a Very funny picture in one of the episodes Of a dolphin with legs But yeah he He asks her he's like Listen I know that you don't have The money right now but I know that You have some new goods you could sell off To get that money and so uh, you see grand grandma's face just like she's like shocked and she's like, how did you know about that? And he's like, well, uh, you're in my city. I know everything that happens here. And don't expect me to not know about it. Uh, And then he's basically like, you should sell it off and pay back your debts before uh, there's nothing left to sell off. And we're kind of left to wonder what that could possibly be
1: up. Uh-huh. Well, not really, because he also mentions that the mayor has picked up on this as well. Right. And that, you know, so like I'm assuming he's assuming that either the mob or the city would take the kids.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And we will. Yeah, it's it's the kids. That's the the goods that are being alluded to. And so we immediately cut to all of the kids and meet you in a cell now. Um, It took zero seconds for that to happen. Obviously, Michiru is upset and starts asking why they had to be sold off for profit, and, like, why were you only having me do this so that you could sell off these kids? And I think Grand-Grandma just responds by, like, we could have gotten more money if they knew how to read and write, but this'll do fine. And again, Michiru's just fucking pissed off, and so... Uh, they're they're put in this cage and hoisted up by a crane. She she's like, all right, kids, I'm gonna break you out of here. So she like puts her hand, she like grabs the bars of the cage and like puts her feet sticks up there. Her butt and, yeah, <laughs> she sticks her butt against it so that her tail is like sticking out, and then makes her tail huge and starts swinging it back and forth to try and destabilize the cage so that it falls down and breaks open. But uh, grand grandma sends the command to the crane operator to reel it up so that it doesn't, let so that, that doesn't happen. So he does; it's it's reeled up, uh, no longer swinging. And Michi is like, uh, we have to do this for ourselves because no one else is gonna help you. So I have to; we have to reach and just take things for ourselves. Um, and so she like sticks her arms out of the, out of the uh cage. And we we cut over to the like operator's seat of the of the crane. And uh, there there's like this whole dialogue going on about how like, oh, she'll never reach up there. It's not going to happen. And then like her arms just slap up against the. Uh, the like window uh, of the operation area, like where all the controls are. And it reminds me a lot of. uh of the Incredibles, where like, God, what's her? Uh, Elastigirl is like caught in mm-hmm. between the four elevator doors or whatever, and she's like yeah, feeling very, around with her head. There's several hand. references
1: you can make here, yeah. It's like Elastigirl, uh, Luffy, XJ9, mm-hmm. all of that,
0: yeah, absolutely. Very I think the Elastigirl ones. one is the one that gets me the most, though, because uh, Michiru ends up reaching into the cab and starts like strangling the man running the crane with both of her arms, and she cannot yeah, she, see what she going has. Going. A lever. Yeah, she somehow thinks she's holding a lever when she's strangling a dude, and, and it's so like,
1: you know what? Fuck him. He's participating in child trafficking.
0: So yeah, whatever. True. Uh, so she just starts like yanking him back and forth to like get the crane to uh, drop them, and it just ends up like swinging the cage all over the place, and then it does just drop the cage. And as it as it breaks, Mewtwo puffs out her tail, so that no yeah, one's in which is honestly the fall. one of my favorite
1: powers of hers. Like I mean, like all the other ones are like super cool, but I really like that the puff ball. is just it's fun. It's it cute. is. I yeah. Like
0: it. And later, later in the show, they do show her like jumping off of things and landing on the tail, and then, like, again, with the elasticity thing, she like, will pop out of the tail and just like, uh like start running or something, you know,
1: But it's yeah. super
0: full of character, super enjoyable every time it happens, because you're just like, "Yeah, you fucking do that with your tail. You're so cool." But yeah, so she destabilizes the cell. Uh, they fall to the ground and it pops open and then uh, the lioness runs over as they're all starting to escape and puts Michiru in a fucking headlock and starts choking her out. And as Michiru is like passing out, Shiro comes out of nowhere and kicks the ever loving Christ out of the lioness like he just fucking launches out of nowhere and hits her directly in the fucking head with a kick. And it's so goddamn funny. Yeah, he has some timing. He does. uh, And it's always like, wow, you really picked like the biggest fucking douchebag timing you could have. But yeah, so she, Michiru and, and the kids are saved by Shido fighting all of the... uh. <laughs> all of the women of rabbit town and it, he, he literally just starts like kicking the fuck out of all of them. And then he like turns around to uh grand grandma. And she's like, I surrender. You have to respect your elders people. Yeah. And it's funny that she's saying that to him. Um, But yeah, so uh, Shido calls his, cop friends which is something that we'll unpack later yeah but uh, yeah he calls them they take away the child traffickers and uh, Michiru walks back over and gets really and understandably pissed off at Shudo which uh, she's basically mad that like he saw what was going on and didn't come sooner and it it really is frustrating to see Chiro, this like super powerful, cool character, just sit here and wait for what is lawful when like the previous episode he was about to kill two, three people. Yeah, like the bombing of the ceremony was a higher crime in which in which keep in mind no one got injured was a higher crime than the like. Ten kids that got that were being sold off.
1: Yeah, it's well. I think the argument you could make here is that so, like those uh, terrorists mercenaries. So in in that case, like I would honestly, I, I wasn't too mad about him wanting to just kill the shit out of them because yeah. it's like, yeah, even if they didn't like successfully. Just like ruined the ceremony or killing one they were still very much one willing to two willing to kill him if they could have right and three willing to kill him if they could have so it's like yeah they were very much willing to just kill anyone as long as they got them paid right or made their job easier right. so like in that case it's kind of like yeah at that moment yeah if you killed him at it's like it wouldn't really be a, a mark against him and this right. one it it's, just in this one it's like it's one of those it's really rabbit town is just kind of like a tragedy because mm-hmm. it's like not all of the things they say are honestly, I don't know if they really lie necessarily. Mm-hmm. But um, the way they present themselves is one thing. But it's like, yeah, they really are like a bunch of women who are just trying to make it. But the way they're doing that is bad is what's what's fucked up. But it's also like what other opportunities did they have? Mm hmm in an ideal society they deserve um actual rehabilitation
0: mhm yeah it's
1: that's a whole systematic thing
0: mhm it really is so you know it it's something that uh it, it's something it's it's frustrating but yeah yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about with this show, so. But yeah, anyway, she was whole like half half
1: of his utter, utter half of his excuse of like not saving him. is like, well, I, uh, I don't I don't mess up. I don't fail. I always get it. It's like, sir. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh. Well, first first before he he says all the stuff about not failing, uh, she runs over to Grand Grandma, and asks what how she could do that, how she could sell children. And grand grandma makes this line about like, talk to me when you've seen how hard it is to be a woman in a beast men world. And then she gives back Michiru's wallet. After she gets it back, she runs over to Shido and that's she runs back over to Shido then. And that's when she asks why he didn't save them sooner. And then she uh, when he's like, I don't make mistakes. uh, She takes the. Uh, She takes out her student ID and throws it at Shiro and was like, you do make mistakes. Look at the ID and it clearly shows that she is indeed a human. And then the episode ends right there with uh, Shiro holding her ID card that clearly shows her as human. That is the beginning of this show. It's a fucking banger and it's super. uh, Unique, super. It does a lot of setup within these First two episodes but still manages To tell like uh, Confined and interesting Stories within each episode Yeah like overall
1: this is like a Pretty dense series like this and decadence Are both 12 uh, episode Series Mm -hmm. and they're both Very dense
0: yeah and I'd even Say that brand new animals More dense than decadence was and that Show was already dense as fuck Like uh, I, I'm surprised, I'm looking at our timer here I'm surprised that we've managed to keep it this close to an hour mm-hmm. And I feel like we could have talked for another hour and a half If we really wanted to about just everything in this show And deconstructed every little bit of it But alas, that is all the time we have for today Fantast, where can we find you on the internet?
1: You can find me in those vast blue wastes known as Twitter At ab274fantast
0: and you can find me on twitter.com at corvid underscore lenore that's corvid like the bird lenore like never more uh making tweets about the world ends with you iOS port that for some reason gets very popular <laughs> but yeah i think that'll do it for this episode have a good weekend and stay safe